morning. My name's Thomas. We're going to open the Bible. God is going to speak, and we're going to see some stuff happen. Does that sound good? Yeah, good, 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 good. We are continuing our series called, oh, I'm just checking, are we, rec- are we good recording? Really? Continuing our series called Every Day with Jesus and looking at our everydays with Jesus. It does exactly, what is it, Ron Seal, does exactly what it says on the tin. And yeah, someone copied it word for word there. So hopefully we want through this series to speak in to and bring fresh life and realignment to some stuff in our day-to-day walks. What we need to watch out for. What practical steps can we take and introduce to put Jesus first and how we grow in our walks? What needs to start? What needs to stop? Uh, So a reminder as well, you can listen to all our previous talks online on all good podcast apps. So I encourage you to look at that. Uh, It's about 25 minutes long or so. About a journey to Nairn from here will get you uh, one sermon roughly is what it equates to. And we've looked at everyday battles, everyday opportunities, everyday rhythms, everyday decisions. And this morning, we're looking at everyday words. We're going to be looking at the book of James this morning, and I'm going to ask Pete, could you be our Bible distributor? Let's give a cheer to Pete. Thank you, Pete. Yes, if you don't have a Bible with you this morning, raise your hand, and Pete will get a Bible to you. Hopefully, he won't throw it. He will come and pass it to you, and it'll be a, you can use it for the service. Down at the front. There we go. So we're in the book of James, and it's a letter from James, probably written about AD 50, and there's some chat, debate around who James is, and uh, commentators have mostly landed that it's not James the Apostle, but that uh, he was the brother of Jesus. It's James, the brother of Jesus, who was the leader for the church in Jerusalem. The way he opens his letter, he doesn't mention that he is the brother of Jesus. He doesn't want to blow... Uh, the trumpet of that. He doesn't want to say, I'm a big deal. Uh, there's a humility in James's writing in this book. And he's writing to the 12 tribes scattered among the nations. So Jewish Christians who had been scattered from Judea because of the pressure on them. He wants to encourage them. He wants to help them. It's a brilliant, a real pra- one of my favorite books of the Bible, just real practical nuggets in how we should live faith and works, our attitude, how to deal with quarrels, the poor, how to journey suffering, amongst other things. So it's a great, actually, every day with Jesus book of the Bible. So we're going to read in a wee second from James 3. So I want to speak about the power of words. And when I think about this passage and read about this passage, I'm reminded of a scene in Spider-Man where Spider-Man's uncle says to him, with great power comes great responsibility. That line is just epic, isn't it? It's just such a powerful line. The power of our tongue, the power of our words. I heard somebody say that reading the Bible sometimes can be like a cozy blanket. We read it and we think, oh, Jesus, you love me. It's going to be okay. The warmth of the Spirit of God Uh, We just meet with God in that way. But sometimes it can be like walking over hot coals. Sometimes it can be a bit like that. It can be an ouchy journey. But freedom is the ultimate goal. I made that word ouchy up. I think it makes sense in terms of the sentence. So this passage feels like a little bit tiptoeing over hot coals. And uh, there might be a few ouchy moments. But 
it's a ultimate goal is for Jesus to come in to our situations and to bring freedom. So James 3, we're going to start in verse 1. It'll be up on the screen. Wow, that is big this morning. Amazing. That's good. Let's read. Not many of you should become teachers, my fellow believers, because you know that we who teach will be judged more strictly. We all stumble in many ways. Anyone who is never at fault in what they say is perfect, able to keep their whole body in check. When we put bits into the mouths of horses to make them obey us, we can turn the whole animal. Or take ships as an example. Although they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are steered by a very small rudder wherever the pilot wants to go. Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. Consider what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. The tongue also is fire, is a fire. A world of evil among the parts of the body, it corrupts the whole body, sets the whole course of one's life on fire, and, in it, and is itself set on fire by hell. Thank you, James, for these writings. All kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and sea creatures are being tamed and have been tamed by mankind. But no human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. He's really going on at the offensive this morning. With the tongue, we praise our Lord and Father, and with it, we curse human beings who have been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth comes praise and cursing. My brothers and sisters, this should not be. Can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? My brothers and sisters, can a fig tree bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? Neither can a salt spring produce fresh water. Amen. Our words are important. We spend one-fifth of our life talking. Perhaps some of us a wee bit more. For me, it's over seven years of my life so far talking. And a few of you are going, oh, how old is he? Let me work this out. Seven years. If our words were put into print, a single day's words would fill a 50-page book. A year would fill 132 books of 200 pages each. Picture that. I wonder how many of our words are positive. I wonder how many of our words are life-giving, and I wonder how many are not so much. What would we read? If we were to enter the Waterstones edition of our lives for the year, what section would our books be in? What would we be reading? Horror, <laughs> fiction, adventure, fear, hopelessness, hope-filled. It's challenging, isn't it, when you think of it in that way? And I would extend that not just to the words that we speak, but the words we think, the words we type. I said to someone, have you got the, are you on the computer today like this? My typing action looked a bit like a magician. Never mind. <laughs> the way we speak plays such a massive part in our lives and will determine a lot of the time where we go and how we view the day-to-day. -day. James goes at great lengths to show a couple of things here with the tongue and with our words. Firstly, words are to be taken seriously. They're to be taken seriously. We use words every day. A 50-page book is being churned out every day in each of our lives. It'd be easy in a world where we take a lot of other things seriously to not let words carry that same importance. 
Boyzone were totally wrong when they said that song, Words, is only words. It's never only words. So the next time you hear that song, just disagree with them. James starts this chapter by dealing, uh, by detailing that those who teach will be judged more strictly. And Jesus also alludes to the importance of our words several times, that our words are a serious matter. In one particular moment, he's healing and teaching, and the Pharisees, who are just on at him all the time, accuse him of working for the devil. And Jesus responds in Matthew 12, and I love these verses. Please listen carefully. In the message version, in verse 34, it says this. He's speaking to the Pharisees. You have minds like a snake pit. How do you suppose what you say is worth anything when you are so foul-minded? It's your heart, not the dictionary, that gives meaning to your words. A good person produces good deeds and words season after season. An evil person is a blight on the orchard. Let me tell you something. Every one of these careless words is going to come back to haunt you. There will be a time of reckoning. Words are powerful. Take them seriously. Words can be your salvation. Words can also be your damnation. So we see from that dialogue, Jesus wants to share that words matter. Words carry. Words can stick. Salvation or damnation, life or death, weeds or seeds. There's no middle ground here in how Jesus is detailing the power of our words. With every word, there's something brewing in it and through it. What a responsibility. I'm like, oh, goodness. We must take our words seriously and steward our words well. And uh, James continues this theme showing us that we're to take our words seriously. And then following on in the passage, he details just three really strong pictures that, that reinforce that words are powerful. Words are powerful. So uh, let's have a look at that. And as I think of words being powerful, I'm drawn to music. And uh, it's not Nickelback, which I'm thankful. Yeah, I mentioned my love of Nickelback once a couple of years ago, and I got destroyed for it. So it's not Nickelback. I think of a song uh, called This Will Be My Year by a band called Semisonic. I don't know. Does anybody remember Semisonic? Yes. Brilliant. The power of words. As a 14-year-old, I remember one Hogmanay. I was with my granny and my family, and we seen in the bells. I went into my room, and I got this CD. This will be my year. Semisonic went on. And I, those words just resonated with my soul. As a 14-year-old, I was like shouting at the window, yes, this will be my year, 1998, 1999. This is going to be my year. I think also of the song Chasing Cars by Snow Patrol. My first dance at uh, our wedding as I tried to dance. Mary just held on to me and said, you'll be okay, love. You'll be okay. Be okay. I think of words of encouragement also stepping away from music uh, as a 12-year-old in the 200 meters Highland Games. My mom and dad on the hill next to me. You can do it, Thomas. I remember hearing them about 150 meters. You can do it. And the life that that brought me. I also remember words of teasing as a school kid around being at church, being a pastor's kid. I was perhaps not being as streetwise as other kids as well. And the, 
the power that that had as well. I think of encouragement from teachers and how that carried me at times when life was rubbish, when it was tough. I think of the damage that words have done in folks' lives that I know and that I've journeyed with. Words carry power, and James goes at great length to show the power of the tongue. The tongue can direct the path of our life. Uh, Firstly, look at horses. He speaks about when we put bits into the mouths of horses to make them obey us, we can turn the whole animal. Our whole lives can be directed by the tongue and our words. Paths can be changed. Paths can be disrupted or opened. Careers can be stalled or excelled. Marriages can be strengthened or broken down. A small, tiny bit, a mighty, huge horse being led by it. Then we see ships. Although they're so large and driven by strong winds, they're steered by a very small rudder wherever the pilot wants to go. A small rudder, a huge ship, small tongue. You can see, again, the imagery. Small tongue, huge Life, huge, great responsibility, choosing what to say and when, how to say it, when to say, uh, how to speak, when we don't say something, when we know we should. And then we have forests. Consider what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark, a spark, a spark, a word, and it spreads. A word can fan a flame. It can throw fuel or it can snuff it out. A small spark and a huge forest. And entering into that imagery, those three examples, we can really feel the responsibility of our words. How we speak, how we let the tongue operate will shape so much in how we do our day-to-day lives. And each of those examples show the strength, the sheer strength of something that seems so small, how it directs, how it forces through a path a bit, a rudder, and a spark. So the tongue is to be taken seriously. It carries power. Now, James wants to share as well the potency and the pain as well it can cause that words can destroy. We have that verse that is a restless evil. The tongue is a restless evil full of deadly poison. Yikes. James isn't messing about here in these writings. Our tongues can be like poison. You think of poison. When you poison someone, not that, <laughs> not that I do that regularly, but when you poison someone, it's perhaps a quick moment, and the poison enters the bloodstream. Everything in the outside might seem okay, but on the inside, those words are destroying them. Maybe some of us here this morning have been recipients of those words maybe as a child, or maybe recently, maybe in our work environment. You'll never amount to anything. You're stupid. You can't. You won't. And this poison seeps through our bloodstream as we go about our lives, and it directs our plans and roots and lives and our decisions in the day-to-day. We choose based on those words. We live based on those words. We operate based on those words that we were poisoned with. Mary Angelou, who was a famous American poet, 
says, someday we'll be able to measure the power of words. I think they are things. They get on the walls. They get in your wallpaper. They get in your rugs and your upholstery and your clothes and finally into you. And I want to share this morning, if, if you know that that is you, you know that words have like kind of poisoned and, and infiltrated the day-to-day in a really tough way. Everything is not lost this morning. Everything is not lost. Maybe you know, perhaps you've thrown out words like poison. And the power that we've held with our words hasn't been used for good in our jobs or at home or online. Everything is not lost this morning. Or perhaps you know that the lack of words has meant a vacuum and a silence when you know something is not right. And you know you've needed to speak in and bring words. Everything is not lost. I believe that Jesus wants to redeem and restore the power of our words this morning. In each and every situation that we step out into when we leave here. And as I was praying, I just felt there was freedom to be brought in our words and to our hearts and to our minds. And I had a picture of a Scrabble board. That's why it's kind of there. I've been playing Scrabble with my eldest, and it's been amazing fun. Some of the words, it's just good fun. Scrabble's good. I had a picture of a Scrabble board of words that we've lived alongside in our game of life. So each of us have a Scrabble board, and we've had words that we've lived alongside our, our whole lives. And Jesus just entered the game. He entered the room. And he cleared the board. He cleared the board. What we have used as words to determine our journeys. What we have let stick. And I just felt that he wanted to say, we're starting a new game today. We're starting a new game today. And I'm clearing the board. I'm clearing the board. Those words that you've carried are to be gone in my name. No longer. No longer. So I just want to pray. Why don't we just pray? Lord, Holy Spirit, would you bring healing right now in the room? And words that we have carried throughout our lives that have stuck, we invite you to clear the board. Clear the board. Clear the board in Jesus' name. Would you bring freedom this morning to words that have stuck, words that have Uh, just been weighty in our decisions where uh, we've been held back, where we've lived in fear. Just bring your freedom, Lord. Bring your freedom. Amen. So, where do we go from here? James, in the last couple of verses, speaks about the inconsistency that we often find ourselves with our tongues. We sing praise and... uh, then we have a wee shout in the car when somebody cuts us up as we leave church. <laughs> Not speaking about anyone in particular. <laughs> Me. <laughs> or we have a wee gossip in the office on Monday. Or we're rude to our spouse in the Sunday evening. He also speaks about the source that salt and fresh water flow from, do salt and fresh water flow from the same spring. So there's an inconsistency. And there's a few things uh, I think James wants to get at uh, as he shares those writings uh, at the close of this chapter. And I want to close with what do we do with our words? What do we do with our words? If you get the next slide. And I want to use a glass of water. 
for this. And I want us, in this moment, as we bring stuff to a close, just to be inviting the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit's here, just to be asking the Holy Spirit, what's happening with my words? Where are my words going? Where is my tongue leading me in this moment right now? And the first thing I want to look at is for us to all ask ourselves, study the spills. Study the spills. What comes out when we're shaken? Hopefully no one slips on that later. What comes out when we're shaken? When life gives us a curveball, when something comes up and knocks us off, what's coming out in these moments? It's maybe too much water, but I'm still going for it because I feel I've got more. What comes out? <laughs> what comes out when we're under pressure? What's spilling out? What's spilling out? What's spilling out when our kids won't sleep? What's spilling out when our car breaks down? What's spilling out when money is tight? What's spilling out when uh, when life is tough, when our day-to-day didn't go to plan? Was it good or was it bad? So study the spills. Ask the Holy Spirit, what's spilling out of me in moments, in those moments? Secondly, search the source. Search the source. When we see the spillages, when we're shaken, we'll be able to track back and find the source and find out what's filling our hearts, what's filling our hearts. The heart and the tongue is intrinsically linked. We see Jesus speak about that several times. In Luke 6.45, he says, a good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart, and an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. The mouth speaks what the heart is full of. What are we filling our hearts with? Because when we're shaken, that will show us what's spilling out, what we're filling our hearts with. If our hearts are full of anger, we'll spill out anger. If our hearts are full of pain, we'll spill out pain and frustration. It will seep out in all sorts of places. It will take us by surprise. If our hearts are full of jealousy, our words will spill out of a pressure of keeping up and one-upmanship. But if our hearts are filled with love and joy and peace and patience, the spills will reflect this and it will be life-changing. It will be powerful. So, It's important in this moment that we track back and we ask the Holy Spirit for the source of what our hearts are being filled with. Out of the heart, the mouth speaks. So we search the source. We say, Holy Spirit, what is my heart being filled with? And then thirdly, we seek out time with Jesus. We spend time with Him. We have to land on this. This is the game-changing step. That he is our plumb line when we speak of the source. He will realign the source. He will restart the heart. He will sort the blockages. He, only he will heal the pain. Only he will bring the freedom. He will comfort us in the questions. He is our plumb line. Spend time with Jesus. Speak with him. Worship him. Read the word. And I just wrote the word discipline. Because I think sometimes discipline can be a wee bit of a dirty word sometimes. And we think, oh, discipline. We need to be cultivating discipline, deep-rooted discipline and our hunger for the Word. We need it. And I really feel passionate about us as a church stirring each other 
into discipline and devouring God's Word. In the spaces that we meet, speaking about what are we reading in God's Word? What's He saying to us? And I just wrote as well memory verses, and I put it in bold. Memory verses. To get back to memory verses. Even if all we do each day is just remember a verse and have it written down and have it in our pocket and draw on that and remember God's faithfulness, remember He's with us. To get back to memory verses, to biblical truth, to look to Jesus, to lean on Him, to seek Him out. If we know our tongue is an issue, time with Jesus will sort it. And then finally, scatter seeds. Scatter seeds. And I'll end with this. We must realize the potential of our words in relation to the kingdom of God. There is so much potential in our words. And God invites us alongside him to unlock each other's stories. The next part. What God wants to do in and through us. He often chooses each other by his spirit to to unlock the next steps. To speak life and light into our beings. I want to say to us, do not underestimate the power of our words to bring life. And we are called to scatter seeds. And I remember the words that were spoken over me as I left the bank. As a, I was a financial advisor before and became a youth pastor. And my boss, my, the pastor at the church, sent me an email two weeks uh, after I started. I was like, oh my goodness, how, what am I doing? Can I do this? And he just shared, it was a couple of lines. And he said, Thomas, I've just been praying for you as you're starting this job. And I just see the words entrepreneur. And I was like, oh, okay. I quite like The Apprentice. And, but it's, I, I've still got that email. Because it's carried me, you know, moments where I've just felt stuck. Entrepreneur, you see, you know, God's given you a gift for seeing things other people don't see. And it just really spoke life into a moment I was feeling really shaky in that step. And he probably doesn't remember the email, the guy who sent me it, but it spoke such power and hope uh, into my life and continued to do so. Uh, I get a weekly email from a fellow pastor who I've never met. My, one of my dad's friends, he was at my mum and dad's wedding, and he heard we'd planted a church in Inverness and sent an email and just said, so great to hear that I was at your mum and dad's wedding. Every week he sends me an email with a Bible verse, and that he's praying for me. I'd never met the guy. And those Bible verses, the timing and how they speak into how I'm feeling and where I'm at in life is on the money on the money. And he's faithful with his words. He, he doesn't see the fruit of it. Sometimes I don't reply. Sometimes I do take a moment just to go, you have no idea. Thank you. But never met me. So significant. So significant. I remember uh, a visitor to our church a couple of years, uh, was it last year, two years ago, to here, just visiting during one summer. And he just said, that was a great service. Keep going, brother keep going. And it was a morning where I was just feeling a bit like, oh, weary. And those words were just like, oh, yes, I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep going. It's amazing. Just little words. Just bring fuel. Just bring hope when we need it. And then also I remember my youth leader as a a teenager going along to youth group. Me and my sister would go to another Baptist church 
because we were the only two young people and we'd get ferried across and this guy would make a beeline for me every single week and amongst 30 odd kids he'd come over to me and he'd shake my hand and he said how, how are you doing yeah shake my hand Pete please for the beauty of the story he said how are you doing Thomas great to see you how's your week been every week spot me go over speak to me ask me how I'm doing and as I look back on that moment I didn't think much of it as a teenager I was like oh I'm all right yeah yeah but then in time, I'd maybe share, oh, it's a bit of a rubbish week. Or faithfulness. Seeing, just being led by the Holy Spirit and bringing words of life and words of hope. Our words bring life. Our words can keep us keeping on. Don't sit on words of life. Don't just think them. Speak them out. Scatter them. Speak them out, out here. So let's take our words seriously. Let's remember they carry power. Our words can destroy, but we can use our words to bring life. We must study the spells and be honest with that in this moment right now. Say, Holy Spirit, what's spilling out? We must search the source. What are we filling our hearts with, Holy Spirit? What do I need to realign? Seek out Jesus. What do we do as we leave here? What's the one thing? Do you remember the cards we had a year ago where we spoke about one thing? What's the one thing we take from here that will just realign that pipework, that plumb line to Jesus in our weeks to fill our hearts? And then we're to scatter seeds. Go and scatter. Go and send words of life faithfully, even when you don't see what might happen encourage one another, build each other up. Don't just think, oh, Cherry done a great job at leading. Cherry, you were incredible at leading there. You, it was just such a family feel. Don't just think, oh, Gavin and Pete and Gordon, worship. Wasn't worship good? Actually, guys, that was incredible. Thank you. Don't just think as you leave the car, leave in the car, oh, I forgot to say to them, stop the car. I'm running back in. Go and speak it. trying to think of something profound to close, but I can't. <laughs> Our words matter. Why don't we stand? Why don't we stand? We don't have much time at all before the kids come in. So I am just going to crack on and we're going to pray for one another.